up, Cougar Nation? This is Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty again. Tyler Batty comes in the game and right off the edge, just a three-man rush. Welcome on into the Cougar Tracks podcast. I am your BYU insider, Mitch Harper, for KSLSports.com. It's your favorite Cougar Tracks episode of the week, the edition with BYU football captain and star defensive end Tyler Batty. Tyler will unpack the Texas loss and look ahead to that West Virginia game coming up this weekend. But uh, how's the team doing coming after that loss in in Austin last week? Uh, Yeah, tough loss, man. Uh, The team, you know, I would say say the team's doing good. Um, You know, I think as good as we can be uh, coming off that. We had, uh, of course, we had uh, pretty high hopes for ourselves um, going into that game. And... uh, we left a lot on the table yeah. during that game, to be honest. And so, um, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. You know, we look back and and it's like, well, we shouldn't have shouldn't allowed a touchdown here. You know, should have made a play here. And it's one of those games you really wish you had a second shot at, but unfortunately, it doesn't work that way in college football. Was it one of those games where you feel like? Progress was made, but it was hard to enjoy that because the final score and how it ultimately ended up playing out. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I felt def- like it was a good day for the defense. It did feel like that until the tail end there. Yeah, and I think, and again, it could have been it could have been a lot closer. You know, in, in my mind, I think, I think realistically, um, I think we could have held them to just, you know, that that punt return for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're I, th- I think, I think we're a handful of plays away from that happening. Right. I mean, I think, I think five, really, I think we're five plays away from, you know, it being a seven, six game and giving our offense the ball back. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I think as a defense, that's where we gotta be. I think, you know, we just gotta be able to come up clutch in those moments. And again, like you said, I think there was progress, I just wish there was a little bit more. We all wish there was a little bit more results, you know, from that progress um, in that game. You got a hit on Malik Murphy in that first quarter, uh, but, you know, he was able to complete the pass. How are the battles in the trenches up against Texas, who's considered one of the better offensive lines in college football? Yeah, they're good. Uh, Good, talented guys. Um, I would say good group of guys. I, I enjoyed playing against them. Toughest um, offensive line you faced this year, or would you say someone else? To this um, point, oof. You know that's a that's a that's a funky question. <laughs> I, was, I think they're it's a multifaceted sure. question, is what it is. It's loaded. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're a really good offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. No, no doubt about that. Um, you know, I think the most aggressive offensive line we've seen. This is my personal opinion was SUU. Interesting. They, again, we're just, aggre- like, overall aggression. Yeah. You know? I, I you know, I'd, I think I'd, you know, hats off to them on that one. Um, again, am I saying we played the best against them or, or you know, the worst against them? No, absolutely not. I'm not saying anything of the sort. I just think talented-wise, I think the Big 12 has really consistent talent across the board. Um I think there's a lot of good offensive lines, and this Texas this Texas O line was no exception. Yeah, Texas had a lot of talent, but I, I do remember that SUU game. That was one where they were 
They were energetic and they were Just hyped up for that. Chippy, yeah. It's 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 like when we play Utah State or you know yes. something like that. It's just one of those games, you know, that gets gets a little heated. So and it got a little heated to it, I'm sure, at times in the, the Texas game. Was there any extracurriculars at all with this game? Because it got chippy with Texas Tech and nothing like that with Texas. No, no they're Pretty a really clean. really classy squad. Um, again, really really good squad. I talked, you know, some of their alignment after the game. Really enjoyed, yeah, uh, playing against them, talking with them. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I think there was some potential. I think there. I heard I heard a little bit of, you know, some banter. I think in the secondary, you know, or yep. there was some, you know, maybe a little drama there. But yeah, no, I yeah, nothing nothing up front. What was the message from Jay Hill coming out of this game? Because he's a he's a, you're hard to please as you should you know you're the leader of the defense I, I gotta imagine Jay Hill's hard to pl- be pleased as well. Yeah, again it was just the same thing. It was just like hey, yes we did some good stuff. Hey, we gotta be better. At the at the end of the day, we just gotta execute. We have a lot of really good players. We have a good defensive culture. I would say overall, um, you know I think we're doing some really good things. It's just we've. We've just got to be better <laughs> flat, flat yeah. out, right? Flat out. We just got to be better. Um, and, and it's not that we're not capable of it, you know? Um, and, you know, that may sound, that may sound reoccurring, you know, as maybe that's been said throughout the season, but it's just, okay, we're learning, we're progressing. I think it individually at every single position, we are seeing a higher level of play every single week out of our guys. Yeah. Which that's what you want, right? Yep. But we all know that we need to be able to take over a game, right? At the end of the day, you know, we got to be able to go out there, um, and that's and that's your aspiration. I mean, that's as a defensive player, that's what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to go out there with your defense and say, "This is our game. <laughs> yeah, this is our game." And it doesn't matter what happens. We're gonna shut this offense down. We're gonna make them hurt. We're gonna get turnovers. That's that's your dream, right? I just I get excited just thinking about that. And that's the type of defense that we want to play. And that's the defense the guys are buying into. And so yes, we are progressing, but again, everyone's hungry for that defense. Heading into the final third of the season, Tyler, what do you feel is the identity of this defense going into the final month? Um, I would I would say, you know, tough, physical, playmaking, you know, um, Overall, you know, again, we did some really, we've done some really good stuff this season, right? We've caused a lot of turnovers, fumbles, picks, um, you know, all over the place. Uh, Big fourth down stops, you know, backed up, whatever it is. This defense has played really well. And you can tell this defense does not quit. You know what I mean? They just don't roll over. And, and, you know, I hope everybody knows that, you know what I mean? Because that's, if they haven't figured it out now, they will. Well, and I think if they didn't realize it last week, they saw it in those two fourth, fourth and gold stands. Jacob Robinson comes up with a stop. Jackson Cravens uh, with another one. Maybe speak to those two plays, kind of what the mindset was going into those fourth and goal situations, and then you guys coming up with the stops. Our, our guys are really good at, um, you know, almost taking the context out of it. It's just mm. we're out there on the field. We're going to do our job and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to ball out. You know what I mean? We're going to do everything that we can to win that snap. I think our team's really good at that. I think our defense has done a really good job at, um, 
you know, that next play mentality. It's just like, you know, no, no matter what happens, whatever, we're out on the field. When we're out on the field, we're out there to play defense. Um, and so in, in those situations, those fourth and whatever it is, yes, you know, sadly, we let them get into that situation, right? We're on our own goal line and it's fourth down and, you know, we don't want to be there, right? Uh, we'd much rather have gotten a three and out. But in those situations, guys aren't going to roll over and just be like, well, I guess you drove it this far. Here you go. It's just like, no, we're going we're gonna to do everything we can to keep you out of the end zone. How's the morale of the team? I know you, I kind of we kind of talked about it at, at the beginning, but just the, the feeling of the offense. And I know you're on the defensive side and you're entrenched in that, but just how are they doing this week? And, and do, they, do they feel... Is there still a sense of confidence that this team can still finish strong because the offense, the, the struggles have been been there for that group the past couple of weeks? Yeah, again, um, I think our our team culture is we're very process-driven, very process-focused, um, which is a really good thing because at the end of the day, we, again, we've had some really tough games, you know what I mean, yeah. and some really tough results and stuff that we did not expect nor want. Um but it hasn't hampered the team in that, like, oh, wait, like, we're not good. Or, like, man, we're terrible. Or, you know, it's nothing It's nothing to that effect. It's just, all right, we're going we're gonna to stick to the process. And sooner or later, the result of that process will be what we want, right? And so um, I think the offense has done a phenomenal job being resilient this season. Uh, it's complicated. You know, I don't think people realize, you know, how how many moving pieces there are. Is the team still behind Keaton Slovis 100%? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're, you know, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's been the leader, like right yeah. there with you and, and all these guys. I mean, it, everything we've heard is that he's he's the real one of the top leaders in this team. Yeah, and and he is. And again, and that's and that's Keaton. It's just he's going to stick to his process individually. Um Every, everybody on the offense and the defense, and that's and again, that's where we're at because that's where we will see improvement, yeah. right? It's, it's, you know, I think people have this misconception of like, oh, they finally figured it out. It's like, no, this, this is the type of stuff that's been in the works for a long, long time. It's just finally that process, that, that effort and the work you put in day after day after day after day after day, even when it doesn't seem like it's paying off, or even even when it seems like it's not doing anything for your performance or for the team, it will pay off, right? Eventually, and so so that's the thing. Some people are like, "Oh, like you know, things things need to change up. Things need to, you know." I I you know I've heard that there's been some you know some some riffraff and people calling for heads, and it's just like, <laughs> "Hey, slow down, <laughs> slow down, slow down." Um, yeah. These guys are professionals, players, coaches. They 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 work their cans off. They work so hard, um, and believe it or not, they're good at what they do. Yeah. It just again, there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces, and and um, and so it just yeah. Again, stick into that process. We've had we've been spoiled, and you know, just to put this in perspective, we've been spoiled. Our offense has been phenomenal my entire yes. career here. Not not just good, not just good. Phenomenal. When when <laughs> when we're at Washington State in 2020, Ron, and you know we have Tyler Algier, and the offense needs a first down, 
to run the to, to run the clock out. To to know, not even just like okay, we may no to know that we can just hand it to Tyler. The offensive line is going to get a great push, and then he's going to do his thing right and get us the first down, so we run the game clock out. I mean, that is not every offense wants that. Yeah, very few offenses can deliver that. So we've had a phenomenal offense for the past couple of years, um, and so it is. You know, maybe it's been a little bit of a letdown to see how you know they've performed this year, but again. The process that created those phenomenal offenses that we've seen, it didn't go anywhere, guys. You know what I mean? And so it's it's still there, and, and they're still working it, and we will see results from that. I know that was a very long-winded no, I love it. You know, little tangent there, but uh, I, I love our offensive guys. They work their cans off, and they're sticking to their process. So just trust the process, and good things will come. Well, when you bring up the, the offenses of the past, since you've been at BYU, you think Zach Wilson, you think Dax Milne. Uh, you think about Puka Nakua, Jaron Hall, Tyler Algier. There's been some studs on offense. There's some studs now with Darius Lassiter making big plays. Chase Roberts, you know, there, there's a lot of talent. Aiden Robbins, I still think, could be one heck of a running back. And, and this offensive line's got talent. I, th- I think that's one of the things, too, Tyler, is that I feel like people are, are, are maybe the, the frustration stems a little bit from you guys have talent. Like, this is not a team from years yeah. ago when you first signed with BYU in <laughs> 17. I'll, I'll say, not to put you on the spot, but I felt like that it was kind of a teardown studs where Kalani's building it back up in his own vision. You guys have talent. It's just maybe is it a byproduct of just the transition of going to the Big 12 and bringing so many new faces together, whether it's coaching staff and and players. I mean, there's there's a lot of new pieces to this group, and then you add in a new conference too. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head. Again, like like we mentioned earlier, it's just there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. There are so many moving parts. And you got to remember, you're talking about 11 guys on the field, 11 guys that have their own lives, that have their own issues, you know, whatever. Um, the, the coaches, support, you know what I mean? There's just, there's so many, there's so many pieces that go into it. So to to bring to bring that together and just to expect greatness off the bat which, you know, is what we've done just because we've been great in the past, you know, offensively. Um, you know, it's a high expectation. And it's, again, it's not that we can't reach that expectation. It's just, it's unfortunately taking a little bit longer than anticipated. Are you pretty in touch, you feel like? And I know you probably respect everyone's privacy, but do you kind of feel like you got a good temperature of your teammates, at least especially on the defensive side of where their heads are at? Because, you know, the lives they've got beyond the football field, do you kind of try to get a sense of where everyone is at as, as a captain and a leader of this team to just know where everyone feels? Because I, I remember a story from a player, I think it was, and I'm not going to mention names, but he was talking, it was mentioned to, um, you know, they reached out to some people with NIL about how they were kind of struggling. They needed something to, to fix their car. They had no transportation, just the realities of things. Do you kind of make an effort to, kind of get a feel for where everyone's at and whether it's mentally or, or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a really good team culture where the guys take care of each other. Um, and, and again, it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't, I don't think it has to be, again, super in-depth. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? But you're there for them. Exactly. And guys know that. Yeah. And guys know that and, and trust that. And I, you know, I give credit to the guys um, that came before me, right? Just the leaders and the captains and the and the players that came before me, because that was that 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 culture was here when I got here. Guys, guys genuinely care about each other. 
off the field, right? Um, it's not, you know, it's not that cold business sense of, you know, we're just here for whatever. It's like, no, we're, man, even if, even if some days I freaking hate your guts, <laughs> like, I'm here for you. We're here for you. This is a brotherhood. We care about each other. We love each other. We take care of each other. You know, and then everyone, I think everyone does a really good job um, showing that and doing that. I think this honestly is one of the most tight-knit teams that I've ever mm. been on. Um, and I think, again, it's due to that culture that has been established, right, by Kalani and by the former players of just, you know, guys guys know each other. They take care of each other. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I would say, you know, I, I feel like I have a – a, a decent again you don't always know everything but i feel like i have a decent you know heartbeat on on the on you know the guys on our team good stuff and i got a reminder of the culture in this BYU football program this week i saw one of the offensive linemen jake icorn he got baptized and i spoke with jake this week about his story and and it reminded me he said the being at BYU was the best decision of his life transferring here and just the culture he spoke just glowingly about everything about it. And and by chance, were you there at that experience with, for Jake and, and just maybe uh, the, the depths of what this culture is about that Kalani's built and what BYU football represents? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, I was at his baptism on Sunday. Um, I would say the major again, the majority of the team was there. It's the most people I've ever seen at a baptism Yeah, by far and wow. away. By far and away. I mean, when you're filling pretty much the whole chapel and the cultural hall. Wow. For a baptism. I thought I was pretty cool. Like <laughs> my kids ate your uh, baptism when I got the Relief Society room filled. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a really cool um, moment. Um, and awesome for Jake. It's, you know, yeah. uh, I think a lot of the guys, I, for one, didn't even know he was, you know, meeting with missionaries. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I heard... You know, I think about two weeks before the baptism, like, oh, Jake's been meeting with the missionaries. And then it was like, no, he's getting baptized. And um, and so it was really cool to see, uh, again, members and non-members alike, right, um, come out and support him. Again, it wasn't just like a— Jake Gretzlaff was there. Right. That's what I'm saying. It, was, yeah. it wasn't just like, oh, hey, you're getting baptized. Cool, good for you. It was like, hey, no, you know, even if I don't share that belief, that faith— I'm going to come support you just because again, we're teammates. Right. And, and so I think that highlights again, the culture that we have is, is guys are there, are there for their teammates and, and, you know, and that's still something that we want to continue building on. It's again, not perfect, you know, um, we, but we want to, you know, keep that, keep that culture growing where, where guys take care of each other. It was pretty cool too talking to Jake and we'll have the shameless plug. I'll have the full interview on uh, extended pregame coming up on Saturday, but he talked about his first point of reference becoming a BYU fan, despite not being LDS. He got to know Tijon Karoma back in the day. Did you know this? I, I did not. Know yeah, that. he got to. He formed a relationship as a kid with Tijon Karoma, and that grew his love for BYU. So even though he wasn't LDS, he had a, a connection to Tijon Karoma, and he, he explained it all. But talked about how he just always loved BYU from afar, but now being here, and he just felt like this is a perfect thing, and just you, you could tell that this was this was a guy that. The BYU experience has had just a, a real impact on his life. And it was a good reminder because I think that so many times you get caught up, I think, media and fans, it's like, the results. You got to win the, the, the Power Five. <laughs> the and, like, I get line. it. I get it. And it, believe me, I, when I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, man, this, this was there, this was there. But 
there's so much that goes into these football programs and what you guys represent every single time you take the field. And next time you take the field, it's this Saturday night, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Embrace the night against West Virginia, as Kalani Sataki said. What do you think about West Virginia and the challenge that the Mountaineers pose as a run-heavy attack on offense? Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. They're a good team. You know, as we've seen, I've watched, I would say I've probably watched the majority of their games on TV, you know, as we've been in a hotel or I feel like they've played normally in windows where we're not playing. And so (laughs) I feel like I've been able to, again, watch the majority of their games live, which has been awesome. And it's been great to see them play. Um, They're a good team. And and like you said, they, uh, they have a really good running game. They have a really good running quarterback. He likes to get loose and, um, and so I'm excited. I think our defense uh, has progressively gotten better versus the run over the season. Um, and so really excited to, to face that challenge. Yeah, 81st nationally, but it does feel like you guys are trending up. So you feel like you guys are, are ready for that opportunity because Garrett Green at quarterback, C.J. Donaldson running back, I mean, they lean into it. I mean, they they are a run-first team, and that's kind of the, the calling card of a lot of Big 12 teams. they got good running backs, but you guys feel like you're kind of battle-tested and ready for this moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, again, I think they're a great team, but um, I know everyone's really excited to to see how we stack up with them come Saturday. Not many mobile quarterbacks you guys have faced off the top of my head. I mean, Jalen Daniels, that was the last mm-hmm. game he's actually appeared in. Emory Jones, but outside of that, I mean, I'm not, I can't recall many. I mean, uh, Hoover was not, uh, you know, and then last week, Malik Murphy's surprisingly not. I think people look at him and think, mobile but he's more just sitting back and he's sitting in that pocket I, I thought he would actually had a little more escapability but that's not his calling card yeah you know I I kind of anticipated the same thing um you know that he would move a little bit more but uh you know I saw I saw you know someone say in, in the week leading up to the game more of a Ben like a big Ben type yeah. you know and, and and he definitely was you know he sat back there and and yeah didn't move quite as much and so yeah we haven't seen I would say as as many mobile quarterbacks as we normally have um but uh but virginia's quarterback is is very mobile and he likes to he likes to take that ball the challenges that come with facing a mobile quarterback that has no problem running what what comes with that you got to account for him 24 7 you got to account for him 24 7 and not only does he like to run it right there their scheme is based around that right and so there's you know designed qb runs um that doesn't mean that they can't give it to the running back um but when you're not quite a triple option, right, but you've got to count for multiple runners, multiple ball carriers, you know, maybe there's it's an RPO, so you're also taking into account that there may be a pass um, set up off of, of a run action as well. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they do some different stuff. And so, you know, those are the challenges we face is just you gotta you got to be doing your job. You know, you can't be caught lacking or else, you know, you may pay. Have you ever, have you ever visited the state of West Virginia? Uh, in your life for anything yes you have yes what was um, the the reason uh, last year we were there for liberty i believe we stayed oh was that on the border of like virginia yeah. and west virginia yeah really yeah. okay i believe we stayed um at the if, I, if i'm not mistaken we stayed at the hotel that west virginia stays at for home games oh wow if if I'm not mistaken, I may I may be putting my foot in my mouth here, but <laughs> Is this I a believe geography lesson. We got to go check this. No, I, I believe because normally, again, we did not stay close to Liberty. It was a good bus ride away, really. And so, I'll, if I'm not mistaken, I think we <laughs> stayed. I think uh, yes. Okay. I think I have 
Yeah, I, I just I haven't uh, met many that have been to West Virginia. It's such a a new trip. It's kind of the the highlight of of the the new Big Twelve. First time you guys are going to the Eastern Time Zone. We were talking before the recording. This is uh, typically you know like oh you know this is you know by November you're like this is the fourth one we've done this year. The first time this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's definitely different. Yeah, normally we have some early games out east, whether it's well. In the past, right, their yeah. preseason or regular <laughs> season really didn't matter to us. But, uh, you know, yeah, we definitely spent some more time back east. And, yeah, this year, first game out there. So you guys will, as of this recording, it's a Wednesday night. You guys will travel out on Thursday. And what do you, what's kind of the schedule look like? Do you guys do, like, a ballroom walkthrough? Like, what do you, what do, you do yeah. in these in these hotels? Yeah, so um, we will we will definitely try to get active, right? Um you don't just want to be sitting around for two days straight and then, you know, go play a go play a game. And so we'll we'll get out. Honestly, we'll probably get out onto a field somewhere at some point. You know, get some blood moving. Um, you know, just keeping you know, keeping you loose, keeping the body loose, keeping the, again the blood moving. Um, of course, meetings and whatnot. We will have a little bit more free time on our hands, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're on the road, we're not going to classes. Uh, doing you know, doing some homework for sure um, as we're out there. And so it's really, yeah, as we, we travel out tomorrow, it'll be a long, longer flight, longer travel time. So that will eat up a good portion of the day. Get out there, yeah, walk through meetings, dinner, whatever. Um, and then Friday, yeah, having an all-day Friday, yeah, we'll get out and, and go move and, again, some meetings. Um, and then it's going to feel extra long because then it's all-day Saturday yeah. as well. Um, I was surprised by that. I thought we were going to see maybe uh... – Another day game, but maybe the Big 12 offices are like, hey, these guys are vampires. We need to put this thing at night. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be a long day Saturday and just watching college football and, of course, stretching and staying fresh. So, Kalani said embrace the night. He's leaning in on this night thing. Yeah. I mean. Why not? You guys are better at night. <laughs> I know. I mean, I can't. Honestly, I can't. I don't know if we are. I really, like, statistically speaking, <laughs> yes, right? I, I know I know the stats. I'm aware of that. I think that uh, I think that just we've probably played more night games traditionally yeah. as an independent. Cause and I think the argument, too, is in the daytime, you're typically getting those maybe number seven ranked Texas. You're getting yeah. a you, – you, you're just getting a, a little bit – not to say that the eight fifteen games are are low profile games, but you're you're getting a different level of opponent. But I that agree. afternoon window is always going to be maybe a perennial top twenty five team. Yeah, yeah, I t- and I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But it's another challenge to go up against another team, and I I think too I, I got to ask Tyler how exciting is it to have November mean something? I know last year you guys rallied, and and man that win against Boise last year was awesome and the 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 rallying efforts to not give up on the season and bounce back in November it, it was something to remember to close out the independence era but to know November still still matters and there's a lot more than just kind of pride and, and rallying the troops there's still a conference race they're still jockeying for whatever bowl games I mean there's still a lot on the line to, to yeah. be a spoiler too yeah no I I totally agree um again I think there's a ton on the line for us um I also, again, I think this team is is really good at, again, just taking it game by game, right? Yeah. Like they've, I think all season they've been really focused on, hey, we're not focused on the rest of that. We're focused on this week. What can we do to win this week? And so 
with four games and a mentality like that, I think we can accomplish a lot. Best of luck on Saturday night at West Virginia. And I'm sure, as Kalani said, he, he didn't. He had a pretty fun rendition. He's like, I'm excited to hear Country Roads. And he's like, what is that? What's the song? And he's like, then he starts singing Country Roads. I'm like, okay, that's, there we go. <laughs> we'll hear a little bit of John Denver. I think yeah. he's saying that. So it'll be, it should be fun at West Virginia, 7 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Mountain time on KSL News Radio and FS1 for those watching, of course, on television. So best of luck, Tyler. We'll talk to you next week. And, uh, these, these weeks are just flying by, man. we got to slow down a little bit here. I agree. I agree. Well, best of luck. Thanks, it's always Mitch. fun, Tyler. And you make sure to follow him on all the socials, even though he'll admit he's not checking those. But uh, follow, <laughs> follow him on Instagram. Follow him on X. Follow him on any social media. Maybe LinkedIn if you got one of those, too. Hit him up there, and uh, you can follow Tyler's story and all of his success here throughout the BYU football season. We'll talk to you next week here on the Cougar Tracks podcast, and it's powered by KSL Sports.